I got love for you, man. You know what, I'm <laughs> what are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything that out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast. What's up, everybody? Hope you are in the holiday spirit, which is to drink and be merry. If you're not an idiot or a Scrooge or a child like yours truly, get out to a food bank or the Salvation Army and drop off a few things you have around your place. If you're in a giving mood, the Shoebox Project is a great place to start. You can Google it. Um, you know, you put together a little box of items for women in shelters, and there are locations all across Canada. My guest on the show's Perfect 10 Foundation, uh, one of their initiatives is raising money for single mothers. So that's along the same page. I'm your host, Cabby Richards. And in the spirit of giving, I give to you one of my favorite athletes to interview formerly of the Toronto Blue Jays, currently wearing the uniform of the Los Angeles Angels. He is on the phone right now. If it's going to be uh, an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. There's a club in which no athlete by choice wants to own a membership, and most of if not all, are unaware that they exist in this club. The man on the other end of this phone has the distinction of being in the top five most interviewed by Cabral Richards' wing of the interview by Cabby Club. And I'm thankful that after a decade, Vernon Wells would agree to converse with me. I'm happy to be joined by truly one of the nicest professional athletes I've ever met. Vernon Wells, how are you, sir? I'm good, Cabby. I can't believe I'm in that distinguished group, man. I'm, I'm, I am honored. Yeah, so you're so okay in that group. Okay, in the top five, it's Kobe, um, Steve Nash. Uh, there are, and then and then and probably two hockey players. I'd yeah, say, jeez, uh, I'm not even sure who I've like. And this is like these are like guys I've interviewed probably 18 to 20 times. So you're like you're it's it's up there for you and I. Yeah, I'd be higher on that list if I stayed with the Blue Jays. Yeah, you're right because because I would at least see you twice or three times a year. At least. Yeah, and it started I think in '03 or '04. Where are I'm, you right now? I'm in I'm in Dallas, driving from Dallas to my house. Uh, so whatever you may hear, that's not me. If you're honking, then I'm honking at me because <laughs> I'm a very good driver. Are you? You're like. Are you one of those? Well, first you're on a like a hands-free or something, right? You have one of those Bluetooth in your ear or something? No, I don't do the Bluetooth in my ear. I occasionally do the Bluetooth in the car, but we don't have the law here in Texas because I mean you can you can have a gun in your car, so I mean it's oh my I gosh, cell, I don't think the cell phone rule is really that big of a deal here. <laughs> so wait, are you driving and the cell phone is literally at your ear, or are you get like the headphones on? No, it's literally on my ear. Oh my! But I want to I want to make sure I have the best. 
sound quality possible for this interview. Well, I, I appreciate that, but it's that's dangerous. I mean, I know you're a grown man, and you navigate more danger. Well, I don't know if anything's more dangerous than driving in a car with your like your one hand on your your phone and the other hand on the steering. Great, please be careful. I mean, it'd, it'd be like my other hand being on my coffee. Either way, it's got one hand. <laughs> okay, you make a good point. Uh, have you started your Christmas shopping yet? You know what? I haven't. I'm always I'm always a last minute person, so I, I'm I'm trying to get better, but I'm sure I'll start next week. Is it actually? Is it one of those cases where wifey does all the shopping and you're just like, and then you just sign the card? So I, you know what? I'm amazed she hasn't yelled at me yet because she's been making all kinds of lists. Because obviously, the more we're around, the, the older we get, the more friends we somehow accumulate, and somehow more family. I don't know how that's possible, but we're just the list keeps getting bigger and bigger. And she's like, "All right, let's sit down and do this." And we haven't sat down and done it, but the list is done. So. She's uh, she's been on top of it for sure. <laughs> well, at least somebody in the house is, so that you know the uh, the gift giving is uh, is done. So wait, how much how much do you spoil Jason Christian as far as like gifts go? Not affection. I'm talking about physical items. We we cut back. We put a limit on it now because when they were younger, yeah, it was it was fun for them to open up presents. And now as they get older, they start expecting things. So as now it's like, no, 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 you're not gonna you're not getting everything you think you should be getting. So we start to teach them just what this holiday is all about and not to expect things and uh, be thankful for what you get. So we're teaching them at a young age to, to be thankful for uh, everything that everything that's given to them, no matter if it's from us or whoever it may be. Who spoils Who spoils the kids more, you or, or uh, wifey? I'm probably the softer one because I'm not— You're the, you're the good not, cop? Yeah, I mean, she, my wife allows me to be the good cop. Let's be honest. I mean, I can't do anything unless she tells me to. So, uh, <laughs> just, just being real with you. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. So, wait, if you're the soft one, you're the one that spoils them more. Like, what? What about as far as affection goes? Like, there's always one parent is the disciplinarian, and one parent is kind of the the nicer of the two. But one person definitely, sorry, one parent usually. Rules with the iron fist. Right, 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 right. You know what? What's good about us is kind of we, we split the roles and, and vary the roles at different times. So it allows both of us to be on equal playing fields. And uh, and when I'm, when I'm home, since we travel so much, and I travel so much, it's uh, a lot of times during the season, it's, it's her that's having to do both roles. And then when we're together, uh, I slowly have to wield the iron fist. But... Uh, there's so much time that I miss out on. So once once the off season comes, then I'm able to just just reach back and swap one of them if I have to. What's the uh, what's the worst news you've gotten from wifey, like in a text message, like during a game or like while you're, yeah, while you're working? Because you know when people work, they they're still you know exchanging yeah, text yeah. messages and stuff like that. Like something involving the kids, whether it's one of them, like Christian got into a fight. Or one of them fell and like they cut their head and they had to be taken to the hospital. What's like the what's the worst that you've ever gotten on your phone while you're in uniform at an at a stadium? You know what? It was actually this past season. Uh, Christian, my seven year old, actually had to have an emergency appendectomy surgery. Uh, oh we wow! We're having, a, we're having a, we had a day game on a Sunday and he had had a stomachache that morning and we. Had, take him to the to the hospital and get him checked out and our game started at twelve thirty, so about about the 
sixth inning, uh, I made sure I kept my phone with me just near 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 down under the in the tunnel, so I could just be aware of everything that's going on. And I finally got the text that he needs his appendix taken out, and then she ended up getting the hospital had called our training staff, so everybody's panicking, running around, and that was that was the worst news I've gotten. Wow. So what? Like, so you get this news in the sixth inning. You literally have your iPhone in your back pocket in the outfield. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, you hide it. You hide it in the dugout. So then, do you leave the park? Yeah, I uh, I ran in, showered, left the park, and uh, it was. We had plans for them. They were already flying home after the game because we were in California. They were flying back to Texas. We were actually the team was actually coming to Texas after that after that game also. So I stayed back uh, Sunday night. And he had a surgery, everything went well. And I flew out Monday morning, and they flew out uh, uh, on Tuesday. So okay, it was, it was a crazy couple of days. Wow. So we're like, were you like, was your heart like beating? Like you, you were, I don't know, as a parent, like you always fear for the safety of your child. And and even though you are an alpha male, you're you know a baseball player who's had uh, a lot of success or had success in the in MLB. Were you still like you just turn into like. Was it like survival mode? Like you're afraid? I I'm never I'm never afraid. I'm I'm a, I'm a believer. So my my faith is in is in God. So I know he he's in control of everything and everything's gonna be all right. So it's just a matter of all right. I just want to make sure I'm I'm up to speed on everything that's going on. And when when you get a phone call like that, it's baseball a distant second in your mind to your family. So it was just a matter of making sure I got there on time and I can be there for him just so he can be at peace with what he's about to go through. Now, for me, the the scariest message I've ever gotten on the phone uh, was from a, an ex-girlfriend, and she was like, who is blah, 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 and was a girl's first and last name. Uh-huh. And that, that showed up on my phone, and that was like like super panic like sweating because then it's like you have to respond like right away you can't take too long to respond you know <laughs> and like you, you can't respond seven minutes later or 27 minutes later because then i just I, I'm, I'm sure you haven't gotten one of those but that's the that's the scariest i've ever been after i, I saw a message come in on my phone yeah that's the uh that's the single people's issue <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, okay. So, like the holiday season's here, and like I don't know. You you mentioned like the the family has increased, so you know maybe you have to you know, give out more presents. But like, do you go to a lot of uh, dinner parties and stuff like that? Does wifey no, have those on the calendar? We started hosting one uh, since we we built our new house, and it's you know it's a, it's a nice little quaint home that uh, we can fit some people in. Uh, so we take advantage of it. And we had the Christmas dinner last year. This year we're doing kind of a Christmas dessert party. Oh, that's bring cool. Bring in six, six, six or seven different desserts and just sit around and have a good time. So when you when you go to uh, dinner parties, I know you start hosting them. Um, do you bring wine or do you bring liquor? Uh, I bring wine. And and because of the the current job that you hold, do you ever feel a sense of expectation to bring something fancy? Or like an expensive bottle of wine? Oh yeah, without a doubt. So, so when you're in the wine, the liquor store, how do you select your wine? Do you go to a? Is it based on a, a particular country, or is it mostly based on the price of the wine? Well, first off, like here, I'll go into a wine store, and 
you know where the good wine is because it's behind the door in the cellar. So <laughs> I, I pretty much I pretty much look around the store, find that, go in there, and then it depends on kind of what what I'm drinking at that time. Like I went through this past season like an Italian phase, so started drinking some Italian wine. So I kind of went went for that for gifts or whatever it may be. So it's kind of whatever I'm whatever I've tried lately or whatever I'm trying lately. So when when I like when I go to a dinner party, I'll like or when I'm going to my like my girl's parents' place, I'll I'll you know buy a bottle of wine. That's between like you know like twenty and thirty bucks. You know it's it's not super expensive, but it's a you know a nice bottle of wine. And and I usually go with a Shiraz because it's Shiraz a little more of a unique uh, 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 grape and, and a and a wine. So I go with that. You know, go, you know, a little South African or Chilean or an Australian, you know, show that I have a little bit. But it's a total front. Like, I know nothing about wine. <laughs> it's, just, it's just what my uncle told me, like, eight eight or nine years ago just to get a nice Shiraz. So that's what I buy. So you went through an Italian phase of wine. Are you now, like, are you a little bit of a connoisseur? Like, if you could rate yourself from a scale of zero to ten, ten being a sommelier and zero being, you know, an average you know, Coors Light drinking dude that kill like sits on the couch for eight hours on a Sunday watching football with a tube connected to his face and is and a bucket of some kind of beer. Like, where are you on that scale of your knowledge of wine? Uh, I'm not gonna. I, I would, I'd probably say I'm a strong four. A strong four. Okay. <laughs> if, if, if it's even possible to be a strong four, that's that's me. <laughs> That's all right, though. I mean, so you okay? So there's some expectation. My uh, um, so so how did you acquire the knowledge that you know of the wine? Is it just by virtue of buying it a lot, or or have you ever have you ever done like a wine tasting where they actually explain some of the stuff? Well, we went to Napa. Uh, a oh, that's years cool. Ago, and once you go through that process, you go to different vineyards, different wineries, and you you get the the backstory of of this grape and that grape and that kind of piques your interest a little bit. But then from that point on, it's just a matter of if you go to, go to restaurants and go to restaurants that have nice wine lists, then it's a matter of, all right, let me try this, try this and see what you like and what you don't like. And that's kind of how my education goes. Have you ever been, have you ever gone to a party? You, you know, you, you set the wine on the counter, like, Hey, you know, after you hug and, hug everybody and you know you go you know add your wine to where all the wine and stuff is is accumulating on the table but have you ever had the host or someone grab your bottle of wine and then start like analyzing the label like looking at the wine that you brought and like judging have you has that ever happened to you <laughs> no, no it hasn't happened to me but Dude, it's the worst because like yeah. they're they're like analyzing this label and if they and I always feel like people know a lot more about wine than I do. So and this happened to one of my friends where he went to he just started dating a girl and brought wine. He came over to my place. He didn't have any wine. I was like, yeah, man, he take this bottle. And I gave him the nicest bottle that I had. And then he went to the girl's place or her, her, her family's house. And the mother was studying the bottle of wine and like quietly judging him. And it's a good thing I gave him a nice bottle because then she start and then she's like, oh, this is not like she validated his purchase. But it was like right in his face. So if he brought a bottle of wine that was like eight bucks, then she probably would have, you know, quietly whispered to the daughter like, I don't know if he's the one for you. So because you go to that nice wine cellar at that liquor store, that probably, if it does happen, they you'll probably get a pass. 
Right. So let's, yeah, yeah. I think I'll be safe. <laughs> I, I know the names I need to go to in the right situation. So, and there's some staple, staple wines in California that if someone drinks wine, then they know what that label is, and they're gonna be like, "Man, that's a nice bottle." What What but, are those? What are like? Is, is like Mondavi out there or something? Is that one of the guys? No. He's he was one of the. Yes, he is. He was one of the older guys, but he they started making more of the twenty dollar wines, which. Honestly, in some cases, twenty dollars wines will taste better than the hundred dollars bottles of wine. It's just a matter of what your taste is. But, okay. Uh, there's a one of the vineyards we went to and wineries we went to was uh, Dariush, which was actually an Iranian man who uh, who bought bought land in Napa, built this unbelievable winery. His house is 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 part of the whole tour, and he brought all the stone in from some country over there and built this place and they said he wouldn't see his money uh in that place his grand his grandkids wouldn't see the money uh from from everything that he's put into it so it's just a matter of it's a business that you got to love just for the sake of just making wine oh okay so it's not you're not going to become like bill gates but it's it's a it's like a pat it's like a passion thing exactly it's just a matter of you're so rich it doesn't really it doesn't matter you just like to drink wine Oh, but he was okay. So it also comes from he's already made his money, and this is just like a side project. Exactly. Ah, uh, got it. So like, okay, so like the the Christmas season is here, and um, and you know, on all the like AMC's and all these Lifetime, all these channels will start like pumping out Christmas movies. Uh, now, I I want to get your take on what you what you feel are like your top three most first most underrated Christmas movies, and then the best. Christmas movie. So I want to do that first. Like your in 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 your opinion, the top three most underrated Christmas ro- movies, according to Vernon Wells, is are uh, what? Yes, are yeah. Can you run down a, a quick list for me? Okay. So on the list, I got like um, there's Gremlins, there's The Ref, Trading Places, Die Hard. Jingle all the way, Home Alone, Home Alone Two. Actually, maybe Home Alone Two because Home Alone was is not underrated. Uh, Lethal Weapon, Love Actually, two more. Scrooged okay. with Bill Murray and The Nightmare Before Christmas. That is all the right. that's the underrated list. All right, I'll start with the um, with the romantic side of me, which Love Actually. Love Actually is a really good movie, and if you like different actors and actresses. Uh, all coming and pretty much playing completely different roles all in one movie. Uh, I highly recommend that one. A lot of different storylines. Uh, that's a that's a wifey movie though. That's a movie you've watched with wifey more than one time. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you call my bluff on that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely it's, that one. Okay, uh, Love Actually is on is on your top three most underrated list. Yeah, uh, Trading Places. Fantastic movie. Great call. Yeah, Great call. Love Eddie, love Eddie Murphy. Young Young Eddie Murphy was really funny. Old Eddie is doing some weird stuff, but Young Eddie was really good. Yeah, a thousand words was. I don't even know if it. I don't even know if it got more than a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Eddie's, yeah, I noticed Rotten Tomatoes is harsh. Yeah, that, I mean, but it's it's a pretty good indicator. It's yeah. It, yeah. Okay, so one more on your top three most underrated Christmas movies. Yeah, my debate would be between Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. Hmm. Underrated. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess 
I guess both of those are pretty highly rated. But 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 those are those are in the action genre. But like underrated as a Christmas movie is another thing. Good point. Good point. There's a little Christmas hint. I would I would say that it would be Die Hard. Nice. Good work. Good work. I'm going uh, on my list. I'm going uh, Trading Places at the three, The Ref at the two, and Gremlins at the one for me for underrated uh, Christmas movies. The Ref had Kevin Spacey in. I don't know if you've. It's it's like kind of an obscure uh, Christmas movie. And there's yeah. a scene where he takes like the the poker from the fireplace and he starts like hammering on the fireplace. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse. Anyway, it's pretty funny. So yeah, I got I got to watch that one again. I think I saw it once, but it was probably it's probably one of those movies where we're on a road trip and I fall I'm getting in the bed and I'm watching the movie and I wake up and I don't remember what the heck I watched. <laughs> I don't know if it holds up anymore, but at the time that I saw it, I really liked it. Like that's the thing. A lot of these movies won't hold up. And certainly in comedies, comedy is kind of like the genre of film where the humor, like, it loses its effect and its um, resonance the quickest of all the genres, I think. Com- and maybe even maybe even horror, but comedy for sure. That's the one that's like uh, something that's funny in 2000 is probably not funny. Like Borat is probably not funny anymore, even right. though Borat was really funny. Yeah, but at the same time, though, like, there's some stuff when you're younger that's over your head. You go back and watch, and you're like, oh, man, I didn't know they were alluding to that. It's really funny. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but you might you might be right. Um, okay, now, what about the best, your top three best Christmas movies? Well, I guess it's a classic. It's a Christmas story. Yes. That's, yeah, that's at the one spot for me as well. That's right at the top of the list. Yeah. There's, there's, some, there's some really funny moments in that, but um, Elf. <laughs> that's that. That's a very popular one. You know, I haven't. I've never seen Elf, and that's a terrible admission. But I've never seen Elf, so I got to see it. But you love I mean, that. You're a Will Ferrell fan. You got yeah, it. That's it. true. Yeah, he's he's really good in it. And I, the reason why I know it's good is because my wife is not a big fan of Will Ferrell because she thinks he's a little over the top sometimes. Right. And she loves the movie, so it kind of reaches from the idiots like me. To <laughs> and me too. Like my wife, so. <laughs> nice. And then, and then at the number one, uh, also on the list, your, your top three best Christmas movies. I'd probably go with like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Just to, so you're you're going with a classic. Yeah. Well, actually, two classics because the Christmas two Story is, is is a classic, and then yeah, because Christmas, you know, it's it's about tradition. It's about you know just from from all times, and it's. Yeah, those two are really safe picks. Did you see the uh, clip on YouTube of DMX rapping Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Oh, no. no, I <laughs> Dude, it came out like a week ago, maybe maybe two weeks ago, and he's rapping Rudolph the red So it is as crazy or as odd, it's as odd as you think it would be seeing DMX rhyme <laughs> Rudolph the And he's doing the song. He's not like adding his own rhymes to it. He's just doing the song in his staccato, like gruff, mm-hmm. yelling delivery. Yeah, he's just adding his own sound effects. <laughs> yes, and I think he barks in it one time. Yeah, without a doubt. Which is <laughs> just ridiculous. Hey, uh, speaking of movies, have you seen the movie Flight? I haven't. The haven't Denzel movie? No, I haven't seen it yet. Do you get to. Do, okay, so in the offseason, do you get to watch any movies? Because during the season, you're on road trips, there's a lot of downtime. You can just crush movies on your iPad or, or out with the guys if you have like day games and stuff like that. But in the off season, do you get to go 
go to many? Uh, you know what? Every now and then we'll have a, a date night, usually every other weekend, and we'll, we'll go see a movie. But uh, usually it's just a matter of waiting until they come out on DVD and, or, or whatever. You can get them on iTunes or whatever. But it's usually just waiting until movies get there because it's so much easier just once the day is over, get in the bed, watch a movie. Right, right. Okay. So the uh, – and that's – well, are you getting old, Vernon? Oh, without a doubt. Man, don't don't say that, dude. You're like barely in your thirties, man. I have a friend named Tim. He always he always like, oh, I'm getting old. Like, dude, you're thirty five. You're not old. You're just saying that because it's you're you're an excuse. It's an excuse for being lame. So please, Vernon, <laughs> don't say you're getting old. Even though you have two kids and they are probably high energy and they probably wear you down a little bit, don't say you're getting old. You're still a friggin' professional athlete. All right. Yeah, I, I didn't say I'm. I mean, I'm just, I'm older. Is that better? You're not Jamie Moyer old. No, no, no. That's, that's old as dirt. I'm just older. <laughs> that guy's like 108. Yeah. And, and, still, and still, still right. And still striking people out, which is, if you get struck out, but I think he's 49, but if you, if you yeah. get retired by that dude, then that's like, it's time to, it's time to look, have a long, hard look in the mirror and maybe smash the mirror. Yeah, but you know what? He's he's he has an advantage because he's pitching below the hitting speed now. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. So it's what is it more deceptive because it's slower? Exactly. We're like the ball's eventually going to get here. So I mean, <laughs> it's, it's just a matter of waiting for it. <laughs> so I brought up the movie. Wait, okay. Did you wait? Have you did you face him this year? No, I didn't face him this year. Did you face him last year? I faced him uh, two years ago. Or last time I faced him was with the Blue Jays. We actually faced him in Philly. But we were the home team. Oh, because of uh, yeah, the G twenty. Yeah, the G twenty. Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, so okay, so I bring up the movie Flight. It's excellent. Denzel's excellent. The opening shot of the movie is legit. Do not watch it with wifey because you might have an audible reaction like I did, and then it might make it for un- un- uncomfortable for like the following twelve to fifteen seconds after that. And I'm just going to tell you what the opening shot of the movie is. It's All a right. shot. It's a shot of the clock radio, the bedside clock radio, and then all of a sudden a breast enters the frame. <laughs> and I was like, Robert Zemeckis, you're one of the guys. Like, it's it's fantastic. But okay, but don't watch it with wifey because if you're like, oh, then she might look over at you and be like, oh, so the, and then you might just have to like have a conversation with her that you don't want to have. Yeah. She'd probably be okay with a boo. I mean, I one boob is all right. <laughs> Two boobs might not be good. Right. One boob should be able to deal with. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, so flight. So in, in, okay, so it's, you know, people know it's a movie about aviation and there's like a plane crash and, and Denzel saves most of the passengers on the, he saves, he saves the day. So I have a, a friend that's a flight attendant and she said that pilots are the rock stars of the aviation world. They get the aviators they walk with a swag. They have the nice uniforms. Pilots are the rock stars. Which athletes do you think are the rock stars of the sports world? And maybe not individual guys, but the 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 uh, a particular sport where the guys in that sport would be considered the rock stars of the sports world. Um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's probably football. But it's it's a close. I think basketball is running a close second. 
And it's all because of how well they market their players. So it's uh, you have to give credit to the NFL and the NBA because they do such a good job of marketing their players and their faces are out there more. So, uh, I mean, the good thing about basketball is they don't wear hats or helmets. So what you see is that's who you're going to see. Football, uh, they have to wear the helmets most of the time. So you, that's kind of what you see. And then baseball wearing hats, but we don't get marketed as much. So it's, uh, I would, you know what? I'm going to switch. I'm going to go basketball than football. Oh, okay. Okay. So basketball players are the rock stars of the sports world, in your opinion, yeah. according, according to Vernon Wells. I think so, and I think if you ask them, they'd say the same thing. Oh, well, for sure. <laughs> for sure they would. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever met uh, a humble basketball player not named Steve Nash? <laughs> I, I haven't either. <laughs> so um, uh, do you remember, okay, do you remember that time, and this is one of the, my favorite stories to tell when I like tell my, my friends or whatever. Do you remember the time I was in the clubhouse and I was laying on the, okay, first of all, why did you have a two like a love seat in front of your locker when you're with the Blue Jays? They're like, like no one else had a love seat in front of their locker except you. That's false. What do you mean that's false? I was laying on the on the on the love seat like I was a member of the team, like a total jackass. You're talking on the new clubhouse. Yeah, your yeah, last year in Toronto. That's because, that was because there was a TV right there. Wherever there was a TV, there was a couch. I don't recall there being a TV in front of your locker though. Yeah, I think you're. you're you just you're misremembering. <laughs> well, I'm Roger Clemens right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's there's okay there's a time where I'm laying like a jackass on the love seat in front of your locker, and then I see into your locker the a check that's like sitting on top of your folded clothes, and and I was like V Dub, let me see that check, and you're like, do you remember what you said? Okay, because remember there's two there are two checks in this story. Do you remember what you said to the first check? <laughs> no. Okay, you're like, do you remember the story at all? No, I, I, it'll, I'm sure once you tell me what I said, I'll remember it. Okay, so you're like, uh, you, you start chuckling. You're like, it's not that much. I'm like, V-Dub, what's not that much to you could mean a lot to me. And then you're like, it's really not that much. And then you hand over the check. I open the envelope, and it's from Rawlings, and it's, uh, which is your, your, your baseball glove company, and um, it's for 1000 bucks. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's like, you know, a normal size check. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I give you back the check and you place it back on your folded clothes. And then beside it, and then you, and then, so you reach beside the pile of clothes, like it was tucked in on the side. And you're like, well, you might find this interesting. And then you hand me your pay stub. And it was like, like it was in, you know, it's folded in three, like all of our pay stubs are. It's got that blue paper. I think it was from like ADP was like the is like the company that processes checks. So immediately I un- unfold it, and I didn't go to the you know the unemployment insurance. I didn't go to the gross. I didn't go to the tax or you know what you've made so far. That I just went right to the net, and I looked at the net, and I looked at you in the eyes, and I was like Vernon, I hate you, and then you started laughing. And I was like, you're lucky you're such a nice guy because I really hate you right now. And again, you continue laughing. And beside you was Aaron Hill. To your right, as I'm looking at you, to your right was Aaron Hill. To your left was, um, I think it was Adam Lind, and then it was John McDonald, I think was kind of beside him. Is that right? right. Who was it? it was Adam Lind, right? Uh, Johnny Mac. Yeah, they were kind of both over there. Yeah, that's correct. 
And um, I don't. It, so I I don't know if I should. I don't know if you're comfortable with me revealing what the net was. And it, actually, but then I said to you, I was like, is, is is this every two weeks? And you're like, yeah. And I was like, oh. And I I'm, I think at that point I started calling you some colorful. Colorful languages, colorful lang- uh, terms, and one uh, called languages. I'm such an idiot. And one of the words started with an A, and it ended with an E. Uh, and uh, and then uh, and then I said something like, "If you're if you're Alex Rodriguez, I would like I would really hate you." And then one of the other guys said, "If you're Alex Rodriguez, I would spit on you." I, well, I'm not going to say who it was, but uh, then we all laughed. And then as I was leaving the room, V Dub, you said, "I think you put your arm around me." Uh, playfully, and you said, "You know, the crazy thing is, Cab, that doubles next year," and I think that crushed me. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. That's right. That's it, a true statement. That right. So, uh, so you're never gonna miss a meal ever from now until infinity. No, I'm not really worried about when the meals are coming. Just worrying, <laughs> worrying about putting meals in front of other people. So that's that's the cool thing about making that much money is you get to do so many different things for other people so that's where uh yeah i mean i'm i'm in a good place but i'm trying to put a lot of other people in good place too shout out to the project 10 foundation i was just on that i just saw you guys did a you guys did an event with like um uh coach uh coach knight like the bob knight yeah the bob knight so what did so okay i kind of want to tell the audience how much was on the check because if someone is somebody's listening to this in the gym or they're walking their dog, or it's like a Sunday and they're just cleaning their house, they're going to want to know how much was on the check. All right, go ahead. It was $605,000 on that yeah. one. That was like, and that was, that was every two weeks. Yeah. And like, you could like, you could buy my parents' house every two weeks <laughs> in cash. And, but like, you could probably buy two of them, actually. They live in the suburbs of Toronto. I'm not sure how much their house is, but you could probably buy their house and their neighbor's house every two weeks and just and just pull up with a uh with a gym bag uh full of cash yeah michael jordan stuff what didn't michael jordan travel around with like duffel bags full of cash i feel like floyd mayweather has taken taken that mantra and he's kind of living that life i don't know the the mj story you know that mj story i thought that's what it was kind of like on their planes and stuff when they flew and gamble on planes and stuff but I don't know. Maybe he didn't. But yeah, Floyd Mayweather, for sure. He's got more diamonds on his neck than most jewelry stores. <laughs> and if he goes broke, he'll be one of the greatest, the world's greatest idiots ever. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, so, uh, oh yeah. So tell, okay, tell me the Coach Knight story. How did you get Coach Knight to come to one of your events? And what was the well, event? Well, he actually, his, uh, one of his sons actually is, uh, is working with with my charity, so uh, we we set up a golf tournament, and, and Coach Knight came out, and he was on one of the holes. And did he did he throw the golf club at anybody or any any golf balls at anybody? No, he was pissed though because he wasn't hitting the ball well. Oh he my gosh, was he cursing he, in front of people? Yeah, well, no, he, there's no filter whatsoever <laughs> on, on Coach Knight. It doesn't matter what he's talking about, who he's talking about. There's no filter. It's awesome. Listen to him tell stories. It's uh, he's he's obviously filtered on uh, when he's doing basketball games uh, on TV. But when you get him in a, in a closed setting, and uh, there are a lot of veterans there from previous wars and previous service, so he's telling stories about his time as uh, time in West Point and all kinds of stuff. And it was it was a blast. Do you um? 
is there a story that you can tell that can can be uh, made a, a PG version, like the like the story that either had you slapping the table in laughter, or just like wow, that was like you've lived a crazy life kind of story and make it PG. You know what? It was more of uh, kind of like did he just say that type moments. Like, oh, okay. Like your mouth your mouth just drops open like. I don't even think you're allowed to say that, but apparently you can. So it's. So are we? Are you saying that he's from the really old school? Oh, without it, yeah, yes. <laughs> really old school, just say it as, as it is, and there's no there's no second thoughts about it. It's just it's on his mind. It's coming out. So how much uh, how much were you guys able to raise for Project Ten? Just in that small, it was actually a small golf event. There's, we, Probably where he raised sixty thousand dollars. Oh man, that's amazing, dude! That's yeah, awesome. Just, yeah, it was awesome. It was and just basically just because of him, just having him there, and he was willing to come out and for free, just come out and hang out. And he's uh, he's he's an awesome man. It was, it was cool just to spend time with him. That is very cool. Very cool. Okay, let me take you back to the Blue Jays real quick. When the Blue Jays and the Miami Marlins made that crazy deal, how did you hear about it, and what was your reaction? Uh, I heard about it with. The same way as everyone else did. On Twitter? Uh, Or on, like, SportsCenter? Not not every news thing comes on Twitter. Dude, everything breaks on Twitter. Are you crazy? Every story Uh, breaks on Twitter. Oh, gosh. You're just not on on it enough, V-Dub. No, I'm definitely not on it enough. So you found out the traditional way, like, on TV? No. Or did somebody text you? It was the MLB app. Oh, okay. So no, on no, your no. Fo- you know what? Somebody did text me, and then I checked the app, and then it told me what happened. So then you see 12 players, and the big ones, obviously, uh, Jose Reyes, Josh Johnson, Mark Burley, um, right. they go to Toronto. How did you react to that? Wow. Were you like, how come you, how come you mother bleepers didn't do that when I was there? <laughs> Maybe they couldn't do it because I was... Oh, maybe. Right. Well, in baseball, do the salaries have to match like they do in basketball or no? No, not at all. Not at all. It was just for for them, it was just a matter of, and they've they've always said, even when I was there, uh, and they did a little bit when I was there, uh, they're willing to raise payroll if it's it's the right people. And Alex uh, finally put them in a place to where they could have the prospects to make that kind of trade and then Obviously, knowing that the ownership would to would take that leap of faith and step out and, and commit that kind of money, uh, it was kind of the perfect storm for, for Alex to take advantage of that opportunity. Okay, so now they're loaded. Got like, I mean, if everybody plays to their career averages, right? Then they're loaded. So I mean, and they play the Blue Jays play as you know. You've played your entire most of your. I don't, like ninety percent of your career in the hardest division, arguably in all of sports, the AL East. Where do you see the Jays in twenty thirteen? I see them significantly better than they have been. Lately. What does that mean, V Dub? You know what? It's it comes down to to health. I mean, not not necessarily if guys continue to play at how they can or up to their abilities. It's a matter of guys staying healthy. You look at the team last year, and they were playing well early on in the year, and then within a week, pretty much, you lose three of your starting pitchers. Right, yeah. You, you do you do that, you have no chance of winning. And 
you obviously you want Josh Johnson to stay healthy, you want Burley to stay healthy, which he's having he's had the track record of staying healthy. But guys have to stay healthy. If that, if that happens, I, I, I mean, on paper they have arguably the best team in in baseball. But it's just a matter of those guys have to stay on the field as much as possible. So, do you still pay attention to what the Blue Jays do? Oh yeah, it's, yeah I guess it's, it's hard not to because you spent so much of your career here. Right, right. Of course, I pay attention. I still have friends there, so. But I also I, mean, I pay attention to everything that goes around in the game. In the game, I'm I'm a fan of baseball and the student of the game, so I like knowing what organizations are trying to do, and uh, it's fun. It's kind of like being a fantasy football owner, but <laughs> on, on the back and how you would. Team. It's interesting that you say fantasy football owner because use the use of the word owner, which I'm going to get back to because I spoke to Tory Hunter uh, maybe a month ago or two months ago, um, and I actually believe Tory Hunter is probably one of the top five or eight funniest athletes. And athletes aren't known to be funny. I mean, people laugh at their jokes because you guys are famous and you're rich, but I think Tory Hunter is legitimately funny. Like he. He does make me. You're actually funny too, because you're you have a very dry, like dry sense of humor, and you are one of those. Uh, you have that self that endearing quality where you don't take yourself seriously. You take your your work seriously, but you don't take yourself seriously, and it's that's awesome. Right. So when Tory Hunter and I'm on the phone with uh, Vernon Wells of the Anaheim Angels and one of your teammates who's now with, uh, with the Detroit Tigers. This was before he um, he moved to Detroit. When Tory Hunter was on, he he told a story. The, the best prank uh, was uh, when he was in Minnesota, he told the story of how they put peanut butter in the underwear of teammate David Ortiz. And mm-hmm. they watched after a game, David Ortiz put on his clothes, he put on his underwear, put on his jeans, put on his shirt, put on his watches, his shoes, and he took about 10 steps from his locker to the door and after about the 10th step, everybody is in on the joke. And they're watching this guy. Like, after he puts on his jeans, they're like, how is he not reacting? And they see him take these steps towards the door. And on the 10th step, he turns around. And then he starts unloading on the club. It's like, you mother bleepers. Bleep, 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 bleep. And everybody is dying. Slapping the ground. Slapping their knees. That was the best prank that uh, he saw. Another one, kind of on the similar uh, wavelength. Colby Rasmus, who plays for the Toronto Blue Jays, once told me a story that one of the coaches put a dirty diaper. I'm not sure where he got a dirty diaper from, but a dirty, soiled diaper under his passenger seat in his car when he was in spring training with the Cardinals. And for two days, he couldn't figure... And he was, you know, giving guys uh, lifts from the ballpark home and stuff. And, you know, they bought, like, air freshers. They couldn't figure out why the car smelled like doggy doo. And after two days, it, it, it took him two days to find it. But that was the greatest prank that he saw. Unfortunately, he was the victim of it. Now to you, Vernon Wells. What was the what's the best prank that you ever saw in your days in the MLB? Uh, you know what? We well, we had guys put put poop in people's gloves. What uh, do you mean, like like their actual their actual like, gloves on the that they go on the field with? Like, yeah, like in their playing glove, they would take a dump, put rubber, put rubber gloves on, take the take the turd out of the toilet, oh. and stitch it into somebody's glove. Who did that happen to? I don't remember who it was, to be honest with you, but it happened probably like 10 years ago. Oh. There, there's, there, there were some sick people in the game when I first came up. They're not as bad now, but 
there's some people that had serious that's issues. that yeah that you that's vile that's like like honestly like you should like someone should fight you someone should yeah. fight you if that happened oh Do, yeah people people wanted to fight people on um, pranks that's there's no doubt about that did did fights ever break out in the clubhouse uh like, have you ever seen punches thrown? You don't have to say who, but do you ever see punches flo- thrown in a clubhouse? No. I've never seen punches thrown in a clubhouse. I have seen punches thrown on a plane, but not in a clubhouse. Wow. Plane's even worse. That's even worse. It was over a card game? Or what was it What was it over? No, just too many drinks. And it's just men being men with alcohol in their systems, pretty much. Dude, fighting on a plane is like the... That's like... I can't imagine a worse place to fight unless yeah. unless a fight breaks out and you're in a room with the president of the United States like you like you're not you not only will you be tasered you're going to be held like under the wherever like in some cell for a while yeah for a long time for a long time even if you, the president is not a like it wasn't directed at him you're you, there you're going to there's oh man I I fear for your life if that happens Wow, on a plane. So punches were thrown. Okay, tell me who who was fighting. Yeah, right. Come on, V-Dub. I can't do that. I've actually seen two different ones, actually. Oh, my gosh. Okay, V-Dub, the statue, how how long ago did this happen? You said the craziness was like 10 years ago. Yeah. um, One happened probably eight years ago, and the other happened two years ago. Oh, my goodness. Okay, tell the one from eight years ago. Those guys are probably not even in baseball anymore. No, I'll say it was a uh, relief pitcher and um, uh, someone else. Just say the names. The statute of limitations is up, V-Dub. These guys, the the one person. What? I I will never be that person that say names. I'll just give you just, it happened. Just one name. Um, No, I narrowed it down as eight years ago, relief pitcher. You just said uh, relief pitcher and someone else. That's not a name. Give me a name, V Dub. Um, a staff member. Oh, not even another player. No, but you have a a player fighting a staff member. That's not good. Yeah, but a staff member is what, like a freaking clubhouse guy? That's kind of a letdown story. Like coaching what is it? Like it's coaching like staff. coaching. Uh, I guess that's okay, but it's still not. It's not the same as a player versus a player. Like that's. You know, that's like No, that was that was two years ago. Two years ago was player and player. Okay, give There's me. been there's been several that have been close close to calling the blows and it's like, all right, that's that's enough. Are you the are you the uh are you the uh the guy that jumps in the middle or do you want to see it happen, sit back and kinda of laugh and watch it? Uh I'm more the person like both of them took place right near me and I was I'm not I'm not getting punched. <laughs> Because two guys are being stupid, and I'm I'm just like, hey, if you don't want to be stupid, go ahead, go after it. So you watch. So what you're saying is you're you're a you're a witness. You're just a a bystander. Like you're you're uh you're in the audience. You know what? The the first one, yes, because it was in front of me. The second one was kind of just off and behind me, just a little bit. I didn't even turn around. You I didn't even turn around. I, I didn't even turn around. I'm like, hey, stupid idiots, and I just I just kept looking forward, watching my movie. Oh my gosh. Okay, so then. Uh... Yeah, who was one of the people on that one? <laughs> Wouldn't you? I don't know. I don't know. Two position players. <laughs> I 
All right, the next time we have dinner, you can tell me that story. Yes, yes, in, in, in private, yes. Okay, Definitely so the, the last, the last uh, conversation piece, and, and thank you, Vernon, for uh, spending some time with me. Um, the ESPN 30 for 30, I think this one already aired on ESPN, but it was You Don't Know Bo, about Bo mm-hmm. Jackson, who was heralded as maybe the best athlete ever, just a physical yeah. specimen. Um, right. And my first ever sports book, my mom got me Bo Knows Bo for Christmas when I was 12. No, no, I think it was younger. I was might have been 10, 10 or 11 and he's on the cover and he's like running and he's just ripped. He's just like, he looks like a superhero. He's got Iron Man's body. Um, in your in your opinion, uh, who is the best athlete ever? I, I can't argue with that one. Bo he Jackson. Was, yeah, I can't. I mean, he was, he was a freak. He was as fast as can be, as strong as can be, and could do anything that he wanted to in sports. So, I mean, there's... I think the conversation starts and, and ends with him. If you're talking about just a flat out being an athlete, yes. Did you ever? Um, did you see that document? I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. I mean, I've seen the preview several times, but I mean, I Bo was around when I was a kid, so it was kind of one of those athletes that you kind of looked up to. And he played football and baseball. I played football and baseball, so it was. It was you, you knew Bo Jackson. Where did you play in football? Quarterback. Were you actually? Yeah, you're a six foot quarterback, huh? You're like you could have made the CFL, maybe. See, why are you, why are you gonna say that? <laughs> you could have been up here with the Argos and the Tie Cats, Vernon Wells coming. You're, you're limiting. You're limiting my my uh, my abilities because <laughs> I know what the ratio has to be for Canadian to American in the CFL. So, I mean, I wouldn't. My chances would have been better. Than, I had a better chance of making the NFL than than the CFL. Why don't Why don't you, uh, you know, you just you, dude. I mean, you know, if you could, oh no, I guess it, you could only basically play one month. Oh no, you could play maybe one and a half months if uh, if the Angels don't go to the playoffs this year. You could. Yeah, but I would rather play receiver. Would you? Do yeah, you think you're I fast would. enough though, V Dub? I can, I'm, you know what? I'm sneaky fast. You got deceptive speed. Is that what you're saying? Deceptive speed, and it and it doesn't change when I put pads on. That's, <laughs> that's the key. That's the key. And you still run the same when you have pads on. We okay. so I have I have that scared speed. I don't want anybody hitting me. So I'm running as fast as I can. So you're just gonna you're just gonna run run nines. You just fire up the the line of not the line of scrimmage along the sidelines and get someone to throw you the deep ball. No, 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 no. I'm running. I'm running ends. I'm running posts. I'm running curl routes. I'm running everything. Are you okay? Okay. So okay. Uh, do you know? Do you think there's an athlete playing today that could play two sports? I have a short, short list. And uh, before I give you the list, does anybody come to mind an athlete playing right now that could play in two sports? Yeah, I mean, I have to start start with the baseball players that I know that could play other sports. Um. Because I've seen basketball players swing a bat, and most of them look terrible. And I've seen football <laughs> players do it, and most of them look terrible. So, um, like Carl Crawford could play football. Um, Mike Trout could play football. Really? Uh, well, yeah. Mike Mike Trout is uh, unbelievable. Um, what positions could these guys play? Both of them would be running backs. Running backs. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think those two would top the list. 
there's been actually there's you know a lot of there's a lot of quarterbacks like Division One uh, would have been Division One quarterbacks uh, that play baseball. Joe Mauro was one. He was going to Florida State to play quarterback. Oh, was he really? Oh wow, I didn't know that. And that was when Florida State was. And they're they're getting back to it now, but that, that was one of the best programs in football. Uh, Adam Dunn was going to be was a quarterback at Texas, and he left early. Wow, he so made the right some, call. Yeah, there's some pretty good pretty good players that that could play both sports. Those are the guys I did not have on my list. On my list, I had Tony Romo and Ben Roethlisberger to play football and golf. Golf, but, yeah, okay, that makes. Sense. I know. I I heard Romo's probably like the best. Uh, he's nearly a golfer, yeah, he's nearly a scratch. He, yeah, he's he's pretty close. Um, I don't know if Steve Nash could. He he's a great soccer player. I don't know if he could make like the MLS. Right. But um, he's been playing soccer his entire life. And then I think LeBron James could play tight end. He could yeah. play football. He could be like, you know, Jimmy Graham for New Orleans or yeah, he um, could do that. Tony Gonzalez has made his whole career as a, a super athletic tight end. But but. What's but that? the only thing I would say is when LeBron gets hit to the floor, there is some drama that goes on. So what happens when he's going across the middle and somebody smokes him? Then what's going to happen? I guess we'll see. I guess we would have to see, yeah. Because, like, if Ed Reed Ed Reed, or, or, or Troy, uh, Troy Palomalu, they're not trying to tackle you. They're trying to dismantle you. Yes. And, uh, and actually, well, and, but um, LeBron would actually be bigger than, like, Rob Gronkowski, who is a, just a beast. But yeah, it's it's like how is he going to react when he gets hit in the thighs or the knees, or you know, two dudes are just smashing him. That's a that's a good question. Yeah. Right, Vernon Wells, you're one of my favorites. Thanks, man. I do I do appreciate you. Um, I hope that uh, you know that you dessert. You're doing a dessert Christmas party this year. Yes, that's awesome. I hope it's I hope it's awesome. Are you are do you when you host parties are you like, do you have to own the room because of who you are? Or do you, like, does wifey take over? And she's, like, the charming, funny one that, like, is running the conversation and is, like, the in-house comedian. Uh, we both do our parts. Because they're, I mean, all of our friends. So we can, uh, we can command the room when we need to. All right. Well, I look forward to an invitation sometime. Yeah, definitely at some point. At, <laughs> at some point in, uh, in February. I wouldn't go that far. Okay, well, thank you, man. Thank you. Um, it's uh, Project 10 is his charity on Twitter. It's at Vernon Wells 10, one word. Uh, and have a great holiday, and, and thank you for this conversation, man. I look forward to seeing you again. You'll see my ugly face in April or perhaps in March, and uh, we, will recon- we will continue our, um, our legacy of interviews, if you let me. Sounds good, man. All Thanks right, man. Me. My pleasure. Have a have a great holidays. Give a high five to Jason Christian for me and hug wifey for me. All right, man. Thank you so much, dude. Thank you for listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast.